Welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. My name is Matt Haller and I'm your host today. And we're going to talk to Johnny D, the ever-present entrepreneur. We're going to not only talk to him about his entrepreneurial journey, but more importantly, we're going to talk and spend some time talking about his new idea, When You, and how he came up with the idea and how he's helped create the world's largest online menu. Johnny, welcome to the show. Be Your Own Loud. So Johnny, how did we meet? Do you remember who introduced us? Oh gosh. I had saw you interviewing a good friend of mine, Ryan Gill. Yep. It was an excellent podcast. And I'm new to the world of podcasting as a listener. And it really, it really opened me up. I started checking out some other things, but I shared that because I like Ryan and I like you now. And you know, it's very, very uh, inspiring. The gathering is coming up. I don't know if you're if you're tuned into this, everybody, but there's something called the gathering, and you need to check it out. We'll make sure that we have it in the show notes. It's this humongous event that's got stages all over the world, actually. If not, now, yeah, America. and I'm signed up for it. I, I've got an Illuminati pass, which I'm like, nice. yeah, let's go back. <laughs> that's Ryan Gill's baby, and actually, it's Stephanie. Stephanie, who's the GM for uh, the gathering, was on. Mm-hmm these restreams a little while ago. And I want to thank Restream, by the way, Restream.io for giving us this unbelievable technology to use. All right, Johnny. So you started being an entrepreneur when we had our pre-call. You and I have a lot in common. You started being an entrepreneur super, super early. So talk about that. How did that happen? Where'd that come from? Well, I think that's something that's in the DNA. It it can be taught and learned as as with anything, but I think that's something that I personally had in my DNA. Just growing up around me, I was influenced by entrepreneurship. My uncles both ran their own uh, businesses. One uh, ran a very successful karate studio here in Toronto, and another one had a plethora of uh, different businesses throughout uh, my childhood growing up. So there was that. And then I I didn't grow up with my my father in my life uh, too much. He was an entrepreneur as well. He had his own uh, auto body shop. So, you know, I wasn't influenced by that. But as I look at how my life panned out, I, I can't help but think that that was somewhat in my DNA from my uncles and my own father, right? And then uh, I grew up raised by a single mom and she worked three jobs. So I had the uh, the hardworking aspects. So you got entrepreneurship, hardworking, and I just became a hardworking entrepreneur, I guess. Well, and you also had time, which was fun because that was one of the things you and I had talked about is because your mom worked so much, much like mine did, you had time to get yourself in, in just a little bit of trouble in good ways and bad ways, right? Definitely. And you had the opportunity at a young age to see opportunity and, and take advantage of that. Could you share the 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 Chuck E. Cheese story, dude? I just so <laughs> Yeah, sure. So me and my friends used to hang out uh, behind this uh, shopping plaza where Chuck E. Cheese was back in the day. Uh, You want to talk about opportunity? You noticed an opportunity, all right? They were hucking hundreds of thousands of tickets out every single night. These are the tickets that you redeemed for the big prizes, right? So there was a dumpster there (laughs) full of tickets. We did a little dumpster dive and we used to go in and shop the top shelf, you know, as little kids. And honestly, I had this, I, I joke that this was the first Bitcoin because we were literally mining something from nothing, you know? This was Bitcoin before Bitcoin, you know? And it's funny enough, I, I, 
that was my first job when I first got my social insurance number that we have here in Canada to be able to work. I was 14 years old. I went and worked at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Came full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But prior to that, even I had, uh, I saw opportunity. I always lived in um, apartment buildings. And then when I was about seven or eight, I moved into a townhouse complex and they had these garbage huts. So there was, as opposed to taking your garbage to the incinerator chute in a condo or building and you throw it down, there were three huts around this complex that was about 80 townhouses. You got to take your garbage to the hut. What is this? You know? So I remember printing flyers. My mom had a friend who had a computer. I don't even know what year this was. This, I was eight. So yeah, like this is like 89, you know? We printed these flyers and I went and passed them out. I, can't, I wish I had a copy of it. It was like 25 cents a bag. But you better believe that everyone was signing 25 cents a bag. Like, sure. So I was going around collecting and. It's crazy now because as I am a homeowner myself for the first time within the past couple of years, I became one. And I said, ah, told my mom, I said, I'm going to get a kid to do the snow removal. Ah, get some kids. They don't exist. Well, they don't. There, is, there are no Hustler kids around. And if there was and they put on a cute smile, they would be a multimillionaire because people want that and it doesn't exist anymore. You yeah. know, so. Yeah, I, I I guess I grew up in a time where it's it, it did exist. I, I made it happen whenever I saw opportunity. So it's it. I've tried to instill that in in my kids too, and uh, it's it's funny because they did do that, and we didn't they, we didn't we weren't formal enough to do flyers, but they, I made them knock on doors. It's unbelievable. I mean, the opportunity if, if, to have a to be confident, right, yeah. and walk hi, I am right. So we role yeah. played all this. And here's what I'd love nice. to have the chance with you. And how many yeah. people said yes? My kids were like, wow, dad, that was really easy. And I'm like, <laughs> just like you just said, Johnny, nobody does it anymore. So you're filling totally. a great vacuum. Now let's talk about vacuums, dude, because here is where mm. I believe your genius is, right? I'm, well, not only that, and there's a lot of other stories we could tell, which we'll, we'll save for another podcast. Okay. I just want to make sure that we're Sounds clear. Good. You're coming back. Just okay. so you know. This idea of when you what is it where did it come from let's 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 go yeah. there yeah 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 so when you uh is uh, it's basically for anyone with a culinary talent to be able to monetize that so it's it sounds very vast and all encompassing because it is it's literally for anyone who can cook or bake or make pickles or whatever the case is to be able to monetize that talent Full disclosure, so I'm not the first to come up with this at all. I thought I was, as with many other things in my life. And then I hit old Google and I say, wow, there's this is like a whole you know rabbit hole of home chefery. Mm. So earliest examples that I could find is like dating back to like 2015. There were some ones in Toronto. There were some ones in Edmonton, you know, and going back even further, if you were to look... You know, Craigslist is a goldmine for ideas because if you were to look like, I don't know how long it's been around, but like mid 90s, if you were, to, I bet you if you look 96, 97 Craigslist, you would see the beginnings of Uber. You would see, hey, driving down a San Francisco or whatever, you know, uh, anyone want to want to pitch or vice versa? Hey, anyone going down to San Diego, I'll throw 50 bucks. 
the smart guy looking at that back in 97 said that's uber you know and basically so i looked at all these ones that had existed and i saw how i could improve them because they failed there's there's three that are still operational in california where this is 100% legal the states is is more progressive than than we are here in canada in terms of home food laws california is leading the way wyoming has great cottage country food laws i believe ohio is uh, next florida's uh, looking at passing some stuff the entire uk if you mention this to someone from southeast asia they kind of they say what like I, that's a way of life that's like oh the lady at the end of the block makes the best whatever soup yeah i buy it from her it dates they they honestly like most people that i explain it to from even like south america they're like yeah like that's how it is you buy off the local person and you cannot support more locally unless you pay yourself to cook you can't support more locally than a chef who in these times is most likely an out of work chef, a very talented person that, that lives on your block. So, so I, I tell people, first thing, I didn't come up with the idea, but I do think that I have a way to juge it, you know, if, sure. if that makes sense, you know, to, to be able to make a, a minor change to, to make it that much more appealing. The logo's amazing. Oh, thank you. I just, there's so much. And then for all of you who, who, who just for knowledge, uh, you can go to the website right now and then, and you can sign up like I did. So I, I signed up as, it's not a chef, as a consumer, a foodie. Thank you. Thank you. Come <laughs> up with this, this kind of filtering system to make sure that I was going to be getting the content that I was for. It's, it's not built in yet, but uh, I, I would hope that we could uh, in the future grow into some sort of AI sort of learning for the benefit of the consumer, not for anything crazy. Basically, when you're joining up, like we want to know what you're interested in so that we can show you stuff. But I'll be quite open and honest with you. That's almost more valuable to the chef and the chef. Sorry, Matt. The chef is my client. The chef is my customer. You would be the chef's customer. I give the chef the tools to best make that the most positive transaction possible with tools of transparency and cleanliness and stuff like that that we can get into. But basically my goal is to service that chef. So imagine I tell that chef signing onto the platform, say, Hey, what, what type of stuff do you make? Great. Because you know what, in this particular area, I got about 70 people that have said they like pasta in the past uh, you know month so it's data driven recipes mm-hmm. which that, that doesn't happen anywhere like restaurants are, are coming up with what they think will be cool and but if you were to go to a restaurant and say hey like i actually have like the demographic in this area 70 people are saying they want uh, some sort of uh asian you know dish whatever it is right find that that would be very valuable information to anyone trying to, you know, produce anything uh, food wise. Right. So, so. Well, instead of them having to come up with it in a vacuum, right, brother, I mean, that that's what happens a lot of times. Uh, I know some chefs here in town, there's some restaurants that we frequent regularly. A lot of it has to do with what's in season, what they can get yeah, uh, for sure. or creatively, but how awesome would it be able to go to them and say, you know, and you said 70, which this is going to be hundreds of people, uh, but 
the people going to a specific chef and saying, okay, well, here's your area of expertise. We have 300 people in a 50 mile radius who really want you to make this. Um, so, so, okay. So it's data driven. So let's start there. But then what does this allow the chef to do? Let's unpack this more. This allows the chef to cater to their community. There's also options that this could open up now. I'm on level 17.3 in my mind, you know, and I always, as a startup entrepreneur, have to remind myself, you know, yeah. the MVP. Our MVP is already going to be pretty robust. I, I'm not, uh, I don't subscribe to the, you should be embarrassed by your first, you know, iteration. No, I don't really want to be embarrassed, you know, by it. I, I want to send it out there in the schoolyard and it not get bullied, you know, <laughs> basically. So, I think with uh, with this first iteration, we've put a lot into it. I think to your question, another, again, version 17.3 thing that we could implement is something whereby it's like Groupon. So there are meals where you're not going to make it for two people. You're not going to make it for 10 people. It's a pig roast. You need 30 people, you know? So I'm going to do a pig roast. I'm Chef Johnny. I'm going to do a pig roast on Sunday. If 30 people buy into this by Wednesday, I'll go pick it up Thursday. I'll, you know, coons it, make sure it's all ready. I feel like that's a huge opportunity. I feel as well when there's one person and it's a direct uh, chef to foodie uh, relationship, there's so much more that can happen in terms of support. When you go and you spend money and you tip and like the intention is there, but when you're dealing directly with the chef, that's a different ballgame, okay? What if that chef is they dream of having a brick and mortar, you know? I That's totally fine. It's They would be essentially moving off of Wenyu, which is counterintuitive that I would want to support that, but I fully want to support that, you know? I want to help them grow their brand and, and be able to take their customers uh, with them, right? So... When you give people the opportunity to to showcase themselves and make that connection, I don't think it's that far off to say I have my meet my 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 goal meter on the side, but it's not just a goal meter. It's Matt, I want to buy a new stovetop. You know, the stove is five grand, but you know what? It's gonna help if you tell that story. So now it's like Kickstarter. There's you know so many things that that uh, you know could be incorporated uh, into it once you have that connection. And I feel that flipping a toonie somebody's way. Sorry, that's totally Canadian. Pretty Canadian. <laughs> yes, it was. But flipping a tip somebody's way is is great and all, but knowing what that's going towards, I think is that much more valuable to both sides, you know, and I want to give chefs that opportunity. This, let's be realistic. There is a forest fire in the industry right now. These massive sequoias are burning to the ground, let alone the little trees. Okay. Now, when the fire is out and the dust settles, sequoias don't just come out of nowhere. Okay it's going to take saplings and the restaurant industry when they first look at something like when you can easily as i have seen get their arms up wait what is this i paid the price to have this and it, we are not competing with a restaurant at all first of all which i can get more into later but we are helping reseed the industry 
people, and I can give great examples, Heartbreak Chef here in Toronto. I think that's his handle on Instagram. Man, this guy was making stuff from his home. He has built an amazing brand. He has sold out chicken sandwiches, a thousand chicken sandwiches, people lined up around the block from an Instagram account he created from his house, you know? The problem is with people doing that is that it's disjointed on all these things, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. people's own website, you know, how do they get discovered, right? And that's, um, and that's why the, the app aspect of this is so wonderful. In fact, mm-hmm. the, you just triggered like three things that I, I want to focus on. So right. One is the, the movie Chef. Yes. With John Favreau. I'm terrible with movie specifics, but I do remember seeing this and I really liked it. Well, the cool thing about it is his son is is Instagram, well, tweeting, live tweeting and all of this stuff. And that's how they bring people to this food truck that his dad, after being terribly disgraced, kind of went on a road trip with his kids. Mm-hmm. We here in Kalamazoo, so I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We have something called Kalamazoo Menu. And what it is, is it's local restaurants, they have to be locally owned, right? So the big chain stores don't have access to this, but they will post their specials and all of those things. And we have saved just, I'm, I'm out of a total pride thing here. We have here. so many small businesses here in Kalamazoo who are restaurants but with this, wow. Kalamazoo, it's called Kalamazoo flavor menu. In fact, some of the places that launched during the pandemic have had to grow and expand. In fact, one is called Burger Bros, and they now have three locations that serve round sandwiches and then something called Turbo Chicken. And it's because communities, and I want everybody to hear this, and this is why what Johnny is creating here is so freaking brilliant, is we as communities are like those Asian countries who are like, yeah, this is an afterthought. We already do this. We want to support this. We want to, those of us who are foodies want to support local businesses and support local restaurants. And there are many, many models out there. But but here's another question, and I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around this. We talk a lot on this podcast and as a company about making sure that you have a very laser focused marketing approach. And Johnny, you're not doing that, dude. You're <laughs> This is a huge net. How are you going to get the word out here in order to make this successful? Are you starting specifically in the greater Toronto area? Because it asked me where I lived here on, on, the, on the site. So break that down. How are you going to attack this from a marketing standpoint? For sure. So we're we're hyper uh, local marketing. So through Facebook and even uh, snail mail, which has a, a crazy growth percentage of open rate during COVID, right? Um, as compared to years past, right? Um, so that type of approach to a chef in this community, and now we help him build the brand within that community, especially in a, a city like Toronto, where the fourth or fifth largest city in North America, lots of condos, you know, one, two people cooking in a condo complex can feed a lot of people in a very short walk. We are hyper local in that sense, but once things are smoothed out here and we work out all the bugs uh, within Toronto, I I hope I'm not, you know, being too naive, but I, I I literally think with a little coaching and help that I could hand this to a chef in UK and they just go online and run with it. You know, it's not rocket science by any means. Uh, It's, it's creating a connection with food. 
you know, if I thought it was going to be an extreme uphill battle to get people to like good food, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would have quit a long time ago, yeah. you know? So sometimes I'm naive in the way I think about things that have a extremely, uh, Panglossian view of how I like to go about things, but it, it, it serves me well, you know? But- to brother, right? And that's one of the reasons why all of the entrepreneurial ventures that you have, which you've had a number of them, have have had this level of success. You have to you have to be w- wildly optimistic, and also have really thick skin when when the bumps happen in the road. Which let let's talk about that with this project specifically. What are some of the hurdles that you've experienced, and more importantly? Where have you pulled? What sort of resources or what have you done mentally to overcome some of the obstacles that have come up? I relate everything back to past experiences, not just business, personal, whatever, whatever it is. And and in terms of hardships and challenges, like within a business, very few things compare to, to things that I've been through in my life. I've had a, a theme of adversity through my life growing up, mm-hmm. you know, without getting too crazy into it. Like I, you know, I grew up single mom. Uh, I didn't grow up. I, I never say that oh, I grew up with nothing. That would be a slap in the face to my mom. You know, I grew up with a lot of love and support, but we had hardships. I have uh, two aunts that were murdered in separate uh, occasions, uh, separate years. My family, I was young, but my family uh, felt those hardships. And, and, you know, we moved lots of times uh, up until the age of seven there's other hardships, but I, I could say that it all culminated uh, when I was 17. I had brain surgery. I, I was given a 10% chance of living. They literally told my mom I was going to die. They said that they could do a, uh, an emergency brain surgery. And uh, five and a half hours later, they removed three abscesses in a golf ball-sized blood clot. It was a year-long recovery. I had 56 uh, staples. I don't know if you can... See, I have a scar that goes all the way across the, the top of my head there. When we talk about challenges in a, in, in a business and I compare it to that, it pales in comparison, you know? Well, I love that. I, and I think that's such a wildly important thing for business owners, entrepreneurs, people who are really trying to, again, rise above the noise and be their own loud is, is really putting things into perspective Having appropriate perspective, I think, changes a lot of stuff for people. Understanding that this is an amazing idea. And and Johnny, I I hope you make more money than you could ever want to make and help so many more people have amazing experiences with food, right? That would be how awesome would that be? Supporting local artists who make food. It's Mm -hmm. unbelievable to me the level of art and love that goes into that, that creation of of something that we share together. And it's such a basic thing. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about if you truly want to connect with a client or a prospect in the business world, one of the greatest things you can do is eat with them, right? It's freaking breaking bread, man. Uh, there's nothing more basic than that. And if you can do it while supporting somebody and, and on top of that, having food that you absolutely love, that's fantastic. Now, when I asked you this earlier, you, you turned a little shade of a red here. So it's, I'm going to ask you this again, but do you consider yourself as an influencer, right? Because you're, you're quite influential, but do you see this opportunity as from when you, as Johnny D being an influencer and people coming on board because of you and your energy and persona? Influencer is a, a strong word. It's one of those ones that I don't think you can say or should say about yourself. Is, uh, is anyone sending me free product? 
<laughs> no. Yeah. No, they're not yet. But this is damn good. Yeah. <laughs> if I can use my platform to talk about great brands, yeah. whether they're mine or other people's, and people follow that, so be it. If I look back at the past, actually, it's funny. There was this group on Facebook. I, I partied in the 90s in Toronto or whatever. And it's like these people just posting like pictures. This is like before cell phones were everywhere, you know, but like I, I guess people are scanning like their old black photography photos or whatever. But there's all these pictures of parties from back in the days that I used to go to. Oh. And there's random people that I never met in my life. Well, I must have met once because they're wearing my T-shirt. They're wearing my hoodie. So we, me and my buddy, we would uh, print these shirts called Sketch Bros. We thought we were pretty sketchy back then. <laughs> we, we would go and sell them at parties. And to look back, I just stumbled upon this group like a couple of weeks back. And I was like, holy crap, like I, I have no idea who this is. They're wearing my shirt. You know, and I was like 14 or 15 at the time, you know, these are some underground parties. This wasn't necessarily in the club days, you know, but uh, yeah, I think I've always had some sort of, I haven't tried to be influential, but uh, I, I've, I've always been attracted to making a brand and making a dollar straight sure. up. Well, yeah. and when you look at if everybody, you know, goes ahead and, and checks out Johnny on LinkedIn, you're going to see some of the other brands that he's created. And when you look at the brand themselves, not just the when you brand, which by the way, you really do need to spend time on that site, because from a branding <laughs> perspective, from a messaging perspective, it is about as dialed in as dialed in can be. Oh, that means a lot to me. I'm glad that you look at that, your influence in a little bit different of a way. But I also really want to make sure that we deconstruct one thing before we, we really wrap up today, which is from a systems perspective, launch Johnny so many businesses and some of them are still quite active. How into the weeds do you get, my friend? I mean, so are you writing systems? Are you doing that sort of stuff? Do you have somebody who you rely on for that? Because if you look at all of the businesses that you're connected with on LinkedIn that you built, right? Did you do it all? Do you have a silent part? I'm confused on how you can do all of these yeah. things and have them do them so well. Thank you. I have some great help. I definitely, uh, you know, for different, I can't name, you know, one that helps me with everything, but I have different team members in each of the brands, okay. but systems wise, you know, I heard a saying, this was a while back, but I, I was already implementing this in some sort of fashion, but people don't run businesses, systems run businesses and people system so i don't know who said that but they're a genius and uh i, I when i heard that i said yeah kind of you know strive to implement some sort of system and then put someone in power to run that system that runs everything else you know so with my cleaning businesses that's all me uh, i've taken on help and partnership which has been amazing uh in, a, in one of my best friends that i grew up with uh he's helped me out immensely and because of that great uh, partnership that we've had with the cleaning, he's actually my partner in Wenyu. His name's Justin. Um, insanely smart guy. Uh, I'm blessed to uh, to know the guy. Um, so I do have great help in that regard. System-wise, though, it's literally, it's just do it. Just try, you know. Wenyu's the first company that 
is going to have a business plan. Sorry, Trees, my cannabis dispensary, it has a business plan. Obviously, we have an amazing CTO over there, uh, Joe Navarro, who takes care of everything. That's not my shtick per se. I just help out with the marketing for that. But with most things, you just got to do it. It's Nike. Just do it. You know. Now, with that said, I do not subscribe to the unicorn evaluations that go on in you know uh, today's side. Hey, I'd love to be one and get a, a you know valuation of a billion dollars. Yeah. But as an investor, as a founder, I can't wrap my head around something losing money for one year, let alone ten years, twenty years. That's mind blowing to me. You got to jot it down on the back of a napkin. It costs this much to do this. I'm going to sell it for this. This is the profit. I have a saying, I couldn't be nonprofit if I was atheist, you know, and it's from an old rap song of mine, but it, it, it's, it sticks with me, you know, and it's, I'm not super money driven, but if it doesn't make sense, what, what are we doing? You know? There's nothing, nothing wrong with making sure that you're making a profit, dude. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with wanting things to be successful. Uh, you know, we've kind of equated profitability with success, and, and that's that's the reality uh, of I just don't want it to come off, you know, like I'm super money driven. I think as well on that note is like you hear a lot of people say do things that don't scale. And I I kind of believe in that. Maybe if I could paraphrase it a little bit or, or reword it, I think that the better way to look at it is do things that scale, like shit, you have to, it's got to scale, yeah. but scale it in a way that's not scalable. Okay. That I can think of an example, you're selling cakes, you know, but each cake is going to come with uh, this and it's going to get hand delivered and it's, that's not scalable. The scaling part is not scalable, but you use that as a means to hyperscale something, you know, the actual thing, it better be scalable, <laughs> you know, cakes and you can make more of them and you can sell more of them. That has to be quantifiably scalable. That's, I think the means by which you scale, you can cheat uh, a little bit to, to not be scalable uh, when you first start. Well, and I think that what when you has done or what it is going to do is allow people to feel a real connection. Right. I also think it's going to allow chefs to feel a real connection. Right. And I think it's interesting. You brought up Ryan Gill at the beginning. When I interviewed Ryan, I said, you know, well, what, what are you doing now? And he said, well, my mission is to, to uh, cure the world of loneliness. loneliness. And, and you're doing that with food, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're part of this equation. And, and we want to do this at Proudmouth by, by helping people to stop being the best kept secret in their area, right? It's all about connection, everybody. And the more and deeper connection that you can make using whatever media you want, podcasting, video, creation of food, creating social events, anything along those lines that you can to, to allow people to feel connected again, guys coming out of COVID, it's going to be, it's going to be years, right? Yeah. We, we've got some healing to do as a world and a reconnection that we need to do as a world. And I, I thank you, Johnny, for creating when you, because I believe that that is going to be a connection point for people, a thank great you. point, a great way for I, a yeah. I like that you mentioned that the, the chefs as well, because it is two-sided. And as I said from the start, my first, uh, you know, customer is actually the chef, right? When's the last time you saw a chef come to a table? <laughs> you know? uh, well, I'm a little spoiled personally, but uh, yeah. 
I mean, the only reason why is because my wife is actually was a chef. And uh, so they, yeah, we ask sometimes, uh, yeah. it, usually to be complimentary because uh, chefs don't usually get that right. They get people complaining about stuff. And so when we go to a restaurant and there's something exceptional, we actually ask to speak to the chef and, they out and we, for you. Uh, we love them and <laughs> hope that they continue to kick ass. So no, that's amazing. Most people, when I ask, they, they hum and they haw and right. I say, was it in a movie? And they oh. say, yeah, yeah, it was in a movie. And that's the sad truth of it is that the last time you probably saw a chef except for yourself, and a few others who are complimentary to the chefs, which is amazing because they don't get that. Um, besides that, though, it's it's totally relegated to Hollywood. And that's really sad. To your point, it's on both sides. So from the chef standpoint, I, you know, I, I don't like general statements, but I will say that chefs are creative people. They get oh, into yeah. this to be creative with their talents and learn how to do that safely and, and tastefully. And then you go out and you learn and then you go get your first job and they say, hey, go work in that back room back there. Don't come out. Okay, just stay back there. And whatever you learn to make, yeah, we're just going to need you to make what I say back there. These 10 menu items, yeah, can you just go do that? And again, don't show your face, you know? Mm -hmm. This is the recipe for how to have a creative person's soul sucked from them. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's a spiral in the industry and it's not that necessarily the healthiest lifestyle that gets led. Yeah. Um, and it's due to lack of connection. That's what it is. You know, the, the chef is missing that connection as well. And, and once they are able to get that, I think it's, it's going to be a whole new world. Well, so you have the ears of, of a halfway decent amount of people. What do you want people to do? Sign up. I can't guarantee that we will be in your area within the next week uh, or month or year. We're, we're growing in Toronto right now, and then we'll be focusing on UK and California. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? I also can't stop someone. Uh, if you want to download it as a chef and uh, start making stuff in your area, who am I to say anything, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a tool for you to be able to monetize your talents. That's all it is. So please make sure that you, uh, everybody not only follow Johnny on LinkedIn, cause he's always posting super cool stuff, but please make sure that you go to the website. Uh, that way you guys can sign up for it too. Uh, I had, I, the onboarding, I'm just, I, it was fun. It was fun. How, awesome. how many onboarding experiences do you have signing up for something? It just, it got me thinking, right? So Johnny, I was, you know, what kind of foods do you like and all in, first off it made me hungry which is probably really good for for your for your system and it's um, it's, it's it's get hungry right? get home, man absolutely and the thing is there's many places where you can go to get food where where you come to get hungry yeah and that's the difference so it's not when you get hungry it's when you get hungry nice well, Johnny, hey, man, it's a, such an honor to to know you. What I'd love to have the opportunity to do is, you know, just check in with you, you know, six months or whatever, oh, see where you're at, what you're doing, what's changed, what hasn't. I think everybody who's listening to this is going to want to to hitch themselves to your wagon and find out where this journey takes because it's such an amazing idea and you're truly a good human, man. And we, we all appreciate oh, you a whole bunch. That means the world to me. Thank you so much for the opportunity. 
You're welcome, man. Well, if you have not subscribed to this podcast or this live stream, please make sure that you do. It's very, very easy to do. And there's all sorts of links and stuff to do that. And for all of us here at Proudmouth and everybody at When You Eat, and of course, all of the other business ventures that, that Johnny has, make sure that you uh, subscribe to all of that stuff. And we'll see you all on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.